This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We have a lot to talk about with Vaughn Palmer this morning from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. And God, I do love that song. Isn't it a great song? It's perfect for today. That's what I said, too. That's what I said. Uh, first off, I just have to give a shout out to our listener, Dave, who sent me an email yesterday with a high school picture of a young Vaughn Palmer. Uh, he said he doesn't know you, but he found it in his yearbook. He was going through his yearbook and he saw it. So he sent it to me. You look adorable, Vaughn. Well, I get it. The Vancouver Sun's still using that picture on my column in the paper. At least I've been accused of still using my high school yearbook picture. <laughs> Having seen paper, it, so. I can say that is not the case. No, no, no. Yeah, not but it's about 20 years old, so <laughs> closer to high school than it is the way I look today. All right, let's get started. So BC Ferries, I did rant about this this morning. Uh, I don't know what's going on in their communications department over there, Vaughn, but we had a confirmed interview with them for the last week. I've talked about it on the show, and then all of a sudden yesterday we're told, oh, no, 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 that was just a request. No, it's not confirmed, and, and they're doing a media availability for everybody today, which I welcome, but I'm thinking, what the heck is going on over there? Well, that's message control, and I, it, it pervades this government, and availabilities are rationed, and questions are rationed, and messages, uh, press releases and announcements uh, are narrower and leave stuff out. So uh, you're the latest victim of it. Uh, we had a case uh, a few weeks ago, a colleague of ours, Penny Daflo, CTV, right. gets her hands on an FOI on uh, serious cases of harassment of employees in the ambulance service. Uh, she asked for the report, takes them two months to give it to her, and they give it to everybody on the same day. They give her just a couple of hours notice that it's coming out, uh, and they did it on a Friday afternoon. So it it's a pattern with this government, Simi, and they get away with it all the time. So I know the listener, uh, lots of them don't have a hell of a lot of sympathy for news organizations about what we're up against trying to get the stories. But the thing today, I mean... Yes, I got an invitation yesterday, Simi. I'm going to be Good. They're doing this in person. This tells you how much trouble BC Ferris yeah. is in. They're actually doing a news conference in person with actual television cameras there at, hmm, let's see, I'm supposed to show up in the lobby of the BC Ferries building in Victoria at 10.15 a.m. So uh, this is going to be strange. I hope they have news news. Uh, name tags on all the executives since most of them have been seen publicly for the longest time. I mean, let's give the fairies credit for getting ahead of it finally and dealing with it. But let's also acknowledge that it's been two weeks since BC Ferries announced that the coastal celebration was being taken out of service for the second time. And that is what triggered the nightmare of wait times and gobbledygook on the on the website and this is the first time today that the CEO has been available to talk in person 
and answer questions. Yeah, two weeks where they have let the story spiral out of control because of the lack of information, the lack of having just somebody in in out there and actually talking. That's all we need, right? Somebody out there talking. Yeah, yeah. and look, uh, the government uh, fired the CEO a year ago. They appointed a party person as chair of the board. Presumably, they gave directions on how they wanted this thing turned around since they said they fired the previous CEO because of waiting times and problems. And here we are a year later, and it's taken them two weeks to come out in public and come clean about their problems and take media questions. Uh, You know, I I'm a political columnist. I don't actually need them to talk to me in person in order to write about stuff or say things on the radio. But again, I've heard repeatedly from our colleagues, especially in television, that just getting someone to come on in person on camera and address things, you know, they want to do it by Zoom or by phone or whatever. They try to maintain as much distance as they can. One other thing that came out in the overnight coverage, which I do want to flag, head of the Ferry Workers Union, McNeely, he says uh, he had a talk to the ferry CEO, Jimenez, yesterday. And Jimenez assured him that there will be frontline support in the ferry system this weekend. So that's a reference to something the union has complained about. Their members have to be there because they sell the tickets and they staff the ships, and they're the ones who've been taking the heat from the public. So I take the reference to there will be frontline support as a reference to an assurance that managers will be available to talk to the public, that they won't be expecting the poor person in the booth selling the tickets to take all of the heat. There will be direct attempts by the ferries brass to communicate to the public. I hope that's the case. Yeah, fingers crossed on that one. So that press conference coming up at 10.30 this morning, I know we'll be hearing a lot about it. So Vaughn, we get this press conference yesterday. This one was, when I saw what it was all about, I thought, well, this is this is huge. How come we haven't heard about this before now? This is this massive data breach. Yes, a massive data breach back in the spring. Health Employers Association of BC, which is the umbrella organization for all of everyone who works in healthcare, and uh, three of their systems hacked, apparently, uh, invaded back in the spring. Uh, A warning, uh, caution right off the top, this is not private information of health patients that the hackers got access to. It's the employees. So your Uh, SIN and your driver's license number and so forth. It's not just everybody who works in the healthcare system who's potentially compromised here. Uh, It's also everybody who applied for a job in the healthcare system, they think, is included. So we get to a number of 250,000 people, as many as that. They say they don't know uh, to what extent the data was taken or what was done with it. They say there's been no call for ransom. I mean, sometimes the people who steal this stuff uh, come back and say, we'll give it back to you if you pay us. That hasn't happened. But the great fear here, Simi, is that people, uh, whoever's behind this, will use the information to steal identities or gain access to people's personal data in other ways. 
uh, everyone in the system, they, you know, they're just sort of alerting them at this point. They're promising them. They're saying change your passwords, of course, and they're promising people in the system that um, there will be monitoring in place to make sure that it's not abused in the time ahead. But this is open-ended, Simi. There's a lot more we need to know about this. And what can I say, except it happens too often in the world we live in. Yeah, it's so many questions, though. Like, how long How long had there been access before they were alerted? And then how long did they let yeah. everybody know? Like, do we know any of that? Uh, we know bits of it, but not a lot. And they admitted that. I think what happened here, and it, it's what tends to happen, is they make a judgment call. We better go to public and tell everybody as soon as we can. And and you could argue that maybe they didn't tell everybody soon enough, but they are telling everybody so that people are on notice personally, you know, watch your bank accounts, watch what happens to your identity. Uh, if you can change passwords, change passwords and all that. Uh, so this is early warning and obviously we need to know more. Um, I guess the one thing I would say about it, Simi, about data security and data protection is everybody's struggling with this. There's a front page story in the New York Times on Sunday saying the U.S. Defense Department believes that it's possible that Chinese hackers have uh, planted malware into the systems that manage power, water supply, and communications at American bases. And the Defense Department in the States is worried that that if it comes to a military confrontation with China, uh, its own systems may not work. So, you know, what can you say? Uh, Everyone's dealing with it, but uh, it's no less sobering for all that. Uh, We've got another warning here that governments, uh, which hold an awful lot of our personal information, need to do more to protect it. Also, uh, we should mention that Auditor General report as well, because it's the same situation. Yeah, uh, Auditor General uh, Michael Pickup uh, picked one BC college at random. So Vancouver Island University, the one that uh, is based in Nanaimo and has campuses around the island. And he had a look at how they were doing protecting, again, the information of 12,000 students and 1,500 employees. And he found three faults. He faulted them three ways. They're not doing enough He told them, you've got to start doing more. And they say they will, right? But the one thing that really jumped out in Pickup's presentation yesterday, Simi, was not just that they're not doing enough to fend off cyber attacks and protect information. He said, I just picked them, my staff picked them at random. He doesn't doubt. He didn't say he knows for sure, but it raises the likelihood that if he had audited somebody else in the public sector, he would have found the same lapses. That's terrible, though. That's terrible. You can pick anybody at random and you would have these kinds of gaps and breaches? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the Auditor General is doing his job and clearly needs to do more of it. And it's not the first time. I mean, you can go back to uh, Times Columnist reports today. Uh, A dozen years ago, the Information and Privacy Commission, Elizabeth Denham, reported on a case where a a drive was stolen, a drive storing data, was stolen from the University of Victoria. And again, huge amount of potential compromises. And I mean, as an individual, you never really know 
until something happens. In a bizarre case, Simi, I went on holiday a few years ago and came back to discover that $1,800 worth of beef jerky had been charged to my credit card What in Florida. And I wasn't anywhere near Florida. You know, I like beef jerky, but let's not get carried away. And, you know, I went to the credit card company and they said, oh, God, this is, you know, somebody got a hold of your credit card number and we're going to change it and your passwords and all that. And I did. So, you know, it was no, it was an inconvenience to me and a nuisance. But I think that's the one that got me aware for the first time that this stuff that you give to credit card companies and employers and the healthcare system yeah. and people you buy stuff from, if if anybody gets at it, you don't know what they're going to do with it or when they're going to, when it's going to come back to haunt you. Exactly. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.